everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, morning, afternoon, whatever. It's still kind of the time without time, but we're making do. Speaking of time without time, who knew the draft was like next week? I sure as hell didn't. Charlie and Steph just told me about it, and I was like, no fucking way. And they're like, wait, Ted. So uh, <laughs> I guess we're going to have to cover that. I guess we're going to have to cover that in this show. I wanted to do the entire thing about Robert Haig. We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Uh, let's let's get into the intros, and let's lead it off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I got to tell you, I'm here for championship parades on boats. It's like extremely my shit to have a hockey players on boats. And so I just want all of the parades on boats now. Boats, boats, boats. All the boats. Find a lake or a river someplace, depending on the team that wins. But all parades are on boats now. Can they be duck boats? I don't see why not. Oh, man. We don't want them to die. That's why not. That only happened in Philly. Safely operated (laughs) duck boats. No, that's not true. That's not true. People have died on duck boats in a lot of places. Really? I went on a duck yeah. boat in Boston. It's, it was fun. Yeah, I did. A you duck. just got to take I the mean, roof off. Fun, but then you die. Yeah, I did a, Remember, I did a duck boat in Boston too. Bad things happen in Philly. Oh lord, <laughs> they do indeed. No, I I think it was uh, uh, Marissa and Jemmy tweeted out yesterday that like it shouldn't every parade shouldn't be on boats, but every parade should be like something related to like the city of origin. So like that would be cool. Like it should be like if if Dallas would have won, it should have been like everybody should have been on horses and shit like that. <laughs> like it just always should be regionally focused. And it was like okay, what all right. Philly so what be? should ours be? I was thinking they got to everybody's got to drive ATVs or dirt bikes up and down Broad yes. Street. Oh shit! All With a radio good. so loud that yep. people inside their buildings can't hear themselves think. I mean, can you imagine like Jake Forecheck popping a wheelie on a dirt bike? Holding the cup? <laughs> I can. The best. Can you imagine Travis Konecki on an ATV? Oh, well, God damn, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> well, at least we'll have won the cup, so, like, when he ends his hockey career on the fucking ATV, it won't all have been in vain. <laughs> Causes a collision, takes out half the team, it's fine. I'm so yeah, invested in this now. <laughs> uh, from TheAthletic.com, Charlie O'Connor. Okay, so in addition to the draft being next week, we also have free agency next week, starting on Friday, which means it is the start of trade rumor season. So as we move into this very busy, very eventful time, I just have a couple pleas for our humble listeners. First, when you see a rumor, at least before you go crazy, do like a little bit of critical thinking, like... What do we know about the team needs? Does this idea actually make sense? Has the best player in the deal actually been reported to be available by anyone that is? And last but not least, (laughs) I'm just fucking (laughs) (laughs) by like one of the major reporters who actually knows shit. Second, and this is honestly equally as important. If you're going to get all hyped up about ridiculous rumors and far be it for me to stop you from it, it's fun to go crazy about getting guys in trades. That's part of the fun of being a fan. Have at it. But if you're going to, is it? For for a lot of people, it is. If you're going to do that, it's fine. But then don't get mad at the team for not executing on the ridiculous (laughs) trade rumors that probably never had much viability behind them in the first place. Like, Don't tell me how to live my life, Charlie. Accept them for what they are. Crazy, fun ideas that probably have like a kernel of truth to it. Like, 
Yes, I'm sure the Flyers have checked in on anyone who is in the trade market, but I highly doubt they're deep in talks for every single player on the the TSN trade bait board. So just keep that in mind that, like, it's cool to get excited about this stuff. It's cool to speculate. But, like, don't then convince yourself that it's going to happen so much that you get mad when it doesn't happen. If they're not in talks about every single free agent, then Chuck is doing a terrible job. (laughs) I, I freaked out for, like, 45 seconds the other day. Like, in my group text with, all, with a bunch of my friends, uh, one of my buddies put, Flyers gotta get line A. And I just read it real fast, like, as I was walking and saw Flyers got line A. <laughs> and was, like, freaking the fuck out and couldn't find that anywhere. He, like, uh, does some freelance work for NHL Network, so I thought he had a source or something. And I'm going nuts, and then I read it again, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, they do got to get line A. You're right. But goddamn, <laughs> I thought we got line A. Oh, that's delightful. <sighs> well done, Bill. Yeah, well done. That was my day, like, two days ago. Ah, last but not least, Stephalicious D. Steph Driver. So today, October 1st, 2020, Nolan Patrick is playing hockey. Now, it's a scrimmage, and it's in Manitoba, so did it actually happen? No one could actually say. But the part that really tickles me is that it's former Flyer legend Ryan White that put this scrimmage together with a bunch of dudes that are just hanging out in Brandon, Manitoba. I think that's funny. I gotta tell you. That's all I gotta say. I think it's funny. Like, they don't get together and play cards. They're like, all right, let's, let's, everyone throw your sticks in the middle and we're gonna play some hockey. Like, that's, that's just how they hang out. It's going to be streamed on Instagram Live. Like, if you want to go watch it, go to, it's called Whitey's World for Ryan White. Oh, which, Lord. <laughs> okay, Jesus buddy. Christ. So, oh, so think about it. Here's what cracked me up about it. Um, not only is it, it branded as Whitey's World and Whitey is Ryan White. If you look at the rosters, every player playing has his actual name, with the exception of Ryan White, who is literally in the lineup yeah. as Whitey. Which is why it took me, like, a very long time to figure out who this Whitey character was. And then I'm like, holy shit, it's Ryan White. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fucking awesome, honestly. That's incredible. Like, that's the part that I was like, oh, God. I like, love that they're live streaming it. <laughs> they're live streaming it. Nolan Patrick is the 1C for Team White. Ryan White is on Team Blue. <laughs> Naturally. That would, ju- I mean, yeah, you can't have that. And I think he's even the fourth line center on this hey, random hey, ass he's, he's a role player. He's got to play to his yeah. role. No, in all, ser- in all seriousness, it's a good, certainly a good thing that Nolan Patrick is on the ice, uh, you know, playing a game. I'll probably check in to watch the, uh, to watch the scrimmage to see if it's like, you know, I don't know if this is just going to be a skating around laughing scrimmage or if there's actually going to be like hitting. It would be interesting if there's hitting since he was never cleared for contact by the Flyers when he was practicing with them. So that would seemingly be a good sign if there's even just a, a general amount of contact in the game. But it's cool. It's cool to see him see him on the ice. It kind of jives with what um, you know, with what the Flyers have been saying about him making progress um, medically, which mm-hmm. is great. And uh, and hopefully he comes out of the scrimmage feeling good. Yeah, I agree. And it is whether it's a real competitive game or not, I think the guys that are playing are like junior hockey players or or like AHL players. Like they're not just random beer leaguers, but who knows? Who knows? I'm over here ready to be real pissed off if he doesn't start the season. (laughs) It's going (laughs) to file it away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I am like, 
yeah, save this. Like, I played hockey months ago, motherfucker. Gets... What's your problem now? Yeah, I hope everyone watches the live stream and gets to see Nolan Patrick for the first and only time in the last two years. Oof! <laughs> Oof. <laughs> Oof. I don't like that. And no, me that's neither. That's all the time we have today for Broad Street Hockey. <laughs> I don't, don't like forget it either. to I'm rate just... and review us. <laughs> yeah. Don't give us reviews on that comment, though. All right, so uh, I already got my it's bad things see, happening. It's good to see him on the ice. That's cool and fun. Let's all laugh about Ryan White throwing this thing together and calling his Instagram page Whitey's World. Yeah. Ryan White is the, uh, the subject of perhaps my most popular tweet ever, which was simply just, Ryan White always looks like he's dying for a cigarette. <laughs> I just spit out my coffee. I was so I was so happy you decided to take a sip because I thought that was a possibility. Really and then I was like, I really hope this happens. I really I wanted spit to see it right it. back into the cup at least. So, oh my god! All right, now that we've killed about half the show bullshitting, uh, uh, we got a little house cleaning to do. There's been some news. We talked last week about some of the restricted free agents. We assumed that you know they were all going to get signed at some point. Well, some of them did this week, and we'll lead it off with the aforementioned Robert Haig signed a two-year deal, $1.6 million each year. Uh, his previous contract was for two years, $1.15 mil, so decent little bump there, about half a mil. Um, he's 25, he'll be 26 in February, which is about when, I assume, right around or right before hockey will be coming back. He had a decent season, I thought, uh, especially considering our expectations coming in. Kind of won the job over Shane Gostas Bear. Sum up your feelings on Robert Haig in a sentence or so. Like, in general, the human being or the contract? You know, whatever. The hockey player, I would when imagine. You saw no, they'd re- when you saw they'd re-signed him, you said what in your head? Of That's course. Fine. It's a two-year deal. Kelly loves a two-year deal. Not for everybody. Some people <laughs> should get zero-year deals. I believe you had a tweet recently that said every single hockey contract should be two-year it, deals. It's true, except for the ones that should be zero years. <laughs> one could argue that this one should have been zero years. I, I, I love how, Ke- I love how Kelly whatever. is like maybe the most left person on the show, yet when it comes to hockey contracts, it's like no security whatsoever. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> get lots of money you know take your i said the other day that the league would be better if the players were more selfish as far as contracts go but get your money but in two-year increments thanks yeah and like (laughs) maybe like get it in russia i don't know (laughs) maybe no i'm joking robert haig i I thought he was fine this year as your sixth defenseman you know you can throw him out there and uh, like it won't be a, a complete utter disaster uh most of the time he probably needs a better defense partner. Kelly than hates Justin Robert Haig so much. Like I, Kelly hates Robert Haig more than I've seen any of us hate any other. The hockey player. player. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice man. People seem to like him. He's I just, Oscar Limblom's best friend. I just would like to also point out that his his good play this year, as far as the nerds tell me, has been completely luck related and not at all skill related. But maybe well, he's they just say that a lucky because guy. they can't. Nerds can't quantify defense, so no, their no, the response for that way. is, oh, it's luck, which also is not quantifiable. Here's but, my know, thing. There are good defensemen. Yeah, right, like, but you can't quantify defense. The good defensemen are offensive defensemen. I mean, here's the thing. Defense is bad. 
Like if you're on defense, it's it's if you're on defense, it's nice to have someone who's good at defense. Perhaps Robert Haig is, but like being on defense 55% of the time as he is is typically not good. Now, like I have the numbers right here, 5 on 5, 44.7 Corsi 4 percentage, but 33-20 goals advantage. Yes, is that luck? Maybe he's a lucky guy. Yeah, that's that's sort of my view of it, which is basically that like, look, by the numbers, by you know, shot differential, on ice shot differential, by on ice chance differential, using whatever expected goals model you want to use that's in the public sphere, Hague's really bad, really bad. Like fires get crushed when he's on the ice. <laughs> it's, it's an objective fact. They do. That said, he's been in the NHL for three years, and in those three years the Flyers have not gotten crushed from a goal differential standpoint when he's on the ice. Now, could that be luck? Yeah, it certainly could be. I mean, three years is a pretty large sample, but there's outliers in three-year samples. Maybe he's just been lucky. The way I look at it is this. There's two real possibilities here. Possibility number one is that the floor falls out from under Robert Haig, and the goal results start matching his on-ice results. And considering the fact that even with the good goal results, he's only been a third-pair defenseman in terms of usage, if that happens, I have to believe the Flyers will bench him because he doesn't have that much lineup security anyway. Or there's something the numbers are missing, and he's able to keep up having like a good on-ice goal results thing even despite the fact that his underlying numbers are shit. And in that case, he's a perfectly useful third-pair defenseman. So that's why I just don't care that much, because either either there's something we're missing and he's actually decent, or the regression's going to come hard for him, and then the sixth defenseman on the team is going to quickly become the seventh defenseman on the team. I, uh, like, I, I understand the idea of pairing him with, like, a Justin Braun, because, like, yeah, okay, we have two guys who are going to be on defense, so let's put them together, and, like, at least they're good at it. Okay, fine, I understand that. I, I feel like he started to show, and I really, he only had, what, 13 points, three goals this year. I feel like he started to show a little bit more offensive acumen, and if he just got, like, more time in the offensive zone, he'd create more scoring chance. Like, he has a nice compact shot that gets through, uh, he he's under control. I don't. I feel like he could do a little bit more offensively if he was out there with guys who could get him into the offensive zone. Yeah. Now that said, like the Flyers have Phil Myers and Travis Sanheim and Ivan Provorov, so like it's not like you want to put him out there with the top two lines all the time. But if they could just improve his partner a bit, I feel like he could score a little more. I'm no? not, look, I'm not saying that he doesn't show flashes of, of offensive skill. I mean, there's a reason why the guy was drafted in the early second round, because the Flyers thought that he could be a two-way defenseman. Obviously, that's not the way it played out. So I'm not saying it doesn't pop up from time to time. But as you said earlier, he's going to be 26 in February. Like, I just I, – I, I hesitate to look at him as a guy with untapped potential at this point. I just think he kind of is what he is. Oh, I'm not saying he could be, like, a 40-point defenseman. Like, I'm just – I think he could give you a little bit more if he had the opportunity, which he doesn't because he's in the defensive zone 55% of the time. So my thoughts are it's a 1.6 AAV. Like, that's fine. It's fine. Sub two care. is cool. Yeah, whatever. I truly don't care. That's Those are my feelings. You asked to sum up my Hague feelings in a sentence or so. I truly don't care. It's I feel like fine. Everyone is so exhausted by Hague after this season. 
like, cannot talk about it anymore. He was the only guy we didn't like all year. Yeah. Right, like, and it's not even, like, yeah, it's bad when he's scoring goals for the other team, but, like, it's not Andrew McDonald. He's not the worst defenseman we've had over the last decade, that's for sure. But it is, he is exhausting because for some reason he's got, like, a huge fan base that's, like, violently defensive of him, which I don't for understand. For some reason, like, we're not the reason. <laughs> yeah, so, um... Yeah, it is exhausting talking about Robert Haig. I would like to not talk about him anymore. And the way that that could happen is if he's the six or the seven and he doesn't fuck up in a major way. I just think so just a, do that. Yeah, I just think there's a lot of people like I think if, if Twitter didn't exist, Haig would just be a guy who like most people didn't really care about. Maybe he had a few fans was kind of like a folk hero. But there's a lot of people on Flyers Twitter that really, really get annoyed with how certain people who are into stats act about how bad Robert Haig is. And then there's a Ugh. backlash to that. That's like, you nerds don't know what you're talking about. Robert Haig is actually good. Like, that's where I think it honestly stems. I'm like, I, I think if you take that away, he's probably just a guy in terms of the way he's viewed by the fans. But it's the, it's the feeling that like, we have to prove the nerds wrong who think that Haig <laughs> is garbage. So actually he's really good. Yeah, and that's, like, that's the disconnect, because, like, I think he's he's a little bit better than overall perception and maybe what his numbers say, but, like, the idea of actually good, like, no, the coach is using him 13 minutes a night. He's not actually good. You know? Like, he's, he's He's there. He has skates and a stick. Like, that's, he's, he's fine. Uh, we expect him to be the sixth defenseman, though, right? Who do we expect his partner to be this year? It's a really good question. I, I, don't, can say. I don't think we know yet. I mean, I guess if they like if they keep Ghost, then it's Ghost. If they trade Ghost, then I guess it's Mark Friedman, unless they go out and they sign someone to be the other third pair defenseman to replace Ghost. So it's still very up in the air. Igor Zamula. That would be fun. Oh my god. That would actually Ooh, be Steph with the spicy pick. I like it. Now you're talking my language. I'm Steph. into it. I love it. Let's do I it. mean, let's, let's lean in. It's October, yeah, baby. Like the, the thing is, is like, would I bet on it? No. Do I think it's completely out of the realm of possibility that Zamula wins a spot in training camp whenever that is? No, I don't. I think he'll be given a chance. Like, it'll probably be like a 20% chance, but if he kills it, you never really know. Like, Can Bobby Ryan tra- play defense? Does anyone know? Oh, God. <laughs> We're already in the Bobby <laughs> Ryan talk. <laughs> I I still think Nolan Patrick to defense makes a ton of He's sense. He's a right-handed personally. Shot. Yep. Leave him alone. <laughs> Leave him alone. Yeah. All right, so another player uh, re-signed with the team that we talked about last week. One Alex Lyon uh, spent most of the year with the Phantoms. He re-upped for one year, 700K. Uh, his previous contract was for two at 750. We all remember that. Like, oh, the second year is a one-way deal. He's going to be on the fly. Whatever. Uh, it didn't really work out that way. Brian Elliott's still the backup. He probably will continue to be the backup this season. Are you confident in Alex Lyon as the number three? Seems fine. Yeah. It's fine again. Yeah. Fine. It's yeah, all fine. Seems fine. It's fine. I mean, why, why wouldn't it be? He's basically the ideal number three, right? He's a guy who, like, yeah. can play in the NHL in small doses, hasn't proven he's a full-timer, but he's good AHL goalie. Yeah, I think he's the perfect three. Just because, like, it's it's an important spot. Like, considering we assume Elliot is back, like I just said, he's he's 35. 
His last two years, Elliott started 27 and 23 games. He's had a 903 save percentage, goals against just below three. Like, at some point, Brian Elliott's going to be done. It's not out of the realm of possibility he misses time. I, I think he's decent. I just, uh, I don't know. He hasn't. He hasn't had the opportunity to show he's consistent at this level, so I guess I can't say he hasn't shown he can be consistent when, you know, he's only had a handful of starts. I just, I don't know if I'm that confident in him, but it's your number three goalie. What the fuck are you going to do, I guess? Yeah, like, I don't... Yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to say, if if you get to a point where your number three is playing lots of games, like, that's the last problem that you're going to be thinking about, so... If you are confident that he can play, like, at NHL game and not get completely blown out, like, that's good enough for me. Yeah, the, the way I look at it with a number three is that, because I understand your point, you're like, I'm not that confident about Alex Lyon, but here's the thing. If you, yeah, it's... If, if, if you get confident about your number three, then he's no longer a number three. Like, if, if, if you were actually confident about your number three goalie, then he would be a number two somewhere. Like, that's sort of the kind of runs with the territory because guys who signed to be number threes signed to be number threes because they didn't have the leverage to sign to be a backup. And they didn't have that leverage because they're not proven or they're not that good or they used to be good and now they're AHL types. Like, this is just, just kind of what it is. And you need a guy who's serviceable because, look— Look, if, let me put it this way. If Carter Hart gets hurt and is out for the year, the Flyers are fucked. It's over. It's done. But if Carter Hart has to miss a month, and you obviously can't play a 35-year-old Brian Elliott every night, you need a guy, a number three goalie, that you can call up and kind of keep you in the mix so that you don't miss the playoffs because Carter Hart missed a month. You know what I mean? Whoa, Charlie, are you telling me if there's a whole month and Brian Elliott is available— you wouldn't start him in every game that month? <laughs> I, who would like, do that? Like, say the month of December at 34 years old. Who you would wouldn't just do that. I, I, I don't know who would do that. Who would be that foolish? Nobody would do that. That's crazy. Certainly nobody capable. Nobody who would be given a job in the NHL. No. Sounds fake. <laughs> I will never get over that shit. Like, I will fucking... I'll take that to my grave. Like, he started him every day of the month. Uh, I, he who shall not be named, because I'm done talking <laughs> about that guy. But I'll never Baltimore. get over it. Baltimore. Damn it, Steph, you said it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never read the books or seen the movies. Uh, so, it's Elliot, right? Like, Elliot's the number two. I, I mean... I, I still think so, but they haven't signed him yet. So I guess as long as as long as he's unsigned, the possibility remains that the Flyers will go and look elsewhere, you know, on, um, I guess it's what, October 9th is next Friday. So October 9th is, is the day one of free agency. It's possible. I mean, there are going to be some guys out there. You know, the Rangers just bought out Henrik Lundqvist, so we got that yeah, game but, out there. That's oh, no, Charlie, why? That's what I was getting to. Yeah. Hack for backup. I mean, could we not? Just how fun would that be, though? But why would it be fun? Because, it, it would be fun. like, the best goalie of the previous decade is now our backup. Tell me that's not quintessential Flyers. It is actually, now that you say it that way, very Flyers to pick up a guy with a big Let's get name back who's. To the 90s. Yeah, who is completely at the end of his career and has nothing left to give, and we just put all of our hopes and dreams into. You know, 2002 Henrik Lundqvist, who doesn't actually exist anymore. See, I don't, I don't <sighs> think he's cooked. 
I still think he's okay. I think he, he's I actually, cooked, cooked. I do too. He's not, he's not, you know. I actually think he'd be a great backup. The the thing is, is that, and this was, I believe, I think it was Adam Herman on Twitter who uh, who tweeted this. It was like a thread, and it made a lot of sense. And basically, what his opinion was that was that he thinks Lundqvist is going to look for a place where he can be like he can at least have a shot at being the starter because his his opinion was that. He thinks Lundqvist could could go to a place and he could accept being the backup if, like, he went head-to-head in a battle for the starting job and just lost it, that, like, Lundqvist would be willing to accept that. But he's not sure that Lundqvist, considering, you know, the pride that comes with being the best of your profession for 10-plus years, would be willing to go into a place and just be like, okay, I accept that I am the 25-game-a-year backup from the start. And the fact of the matter is that's what he would be in Philly. So that's why I don't know if the fit's there. From a talent standpoint, I would love having Henrik Lundqvist as the backup to Carter. I think that'd be really cool. How fucking funny is it going to be when Toronto freaks out because they think they're getting the best goalie in the league? <laughs> I mean, they know I, they know hockey. They're crazy, but they know hockey. Yeah, but they're crazy. They're convinced <laughs> themselves of it. If Edmonton does not get Henrik Lundqvist... Like, Why in a... the fuck would he go and live in Edmonton? Well, he's, I mean, th- there's he, that. He's going to go got somewhere where he and... can walk around in his white gloves and be weird-ass Henrik Lundqvist. No, you're right. He wants to go to a city. He doesn't want to go to the middle of He's a fancy nowhere. boy. I mean, a, a lot of people, right. a lot of so people I think, are rooting, um, are rooting for Colorado because they think he could win a cup there, and it kind of fits. Mm. Oh, no, I want to root for Colorado, though. <laughs> Do you still? You see, you can root for him. No. Now that he's not on the Rangers. I anymore. can't. It's personal. It has nothing to do with the Rangers. I don't care about the Rangers. They That's do. Fine. They nothing to me. I. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> they nothing. They. They're, they're. They're so nothing. You didn't even have to put a verb in that sentence. Yeah. They, <laughs> I. If it's all right. So I wanted to ask this a minute ago, and it just it skipped my mind. Is Alex Lyon like? Because he's been here a while now, and. Like, is he just Neil Little? Like, is he going to be with the Phantoms for, like, 15 years? He oh, wishes oh, he dude. was Neil Alex, Little. Alex Lyon is going to be the next Flyers alumni goalie into, like, the 2030s. <laughs> <laughs> Every Flyers funny, alumni but game. Like, that's funny, but also I think that's, like, ah, let's just have a goalie and keep him. Like, let's just have a guy in our organization, and he is it, it, no different than any other goalie. Just have him and keep him, and he can be on our alumni games forever. <laughs> and if I'm him, I'm like, yeah, cool. seems like a good gig. It is a pretty good gig if you can get it, especially in this organization. All right, so at number two, if it's not Brian Elliott, um, Charlie, you put some names here, Thomas Grice, Aaron Dell. What do we think are possibilities if not Brian Elliott? I don't want Aaron Dell. I do not want Aaron Dell. Uh, Christ would be fine, but honestly, I'm happy <laughs> with Brian Elliott. That's fine. Yeah, the, the reason why I think it's Elliott is just because I feel like it makes the most sense. Like, they know he has a good relationship with Hart. They know the coaches respect him. They know the players like him. They know he's fine. I, he just, it makes, to me, it just makes too much sense to sign him. But yeah, I mean, Grice is probably, Grice is, I wouldn't even say probably, Grice is a better goalie than Brian Elliott. So if you want to upgrade and you think you can get Grice at a reasonable price, I am totally cool with that. Aaron Dell is basically Brian Elliott, but younger and a little bit better. He's like a straight backup. So like, sure, get get the guy from Frozen. Um, but uh, oh god. But like, 
I don't know. There's a couple other goalies out there, like Mike Smith sucks, um, Cam Talbot. I can't imagine he's going to go back to Philly after everything. Plus, he <laughs> That'd actually, be hilarious. Plus, he actually had a good year it last year, funny. so like now he can argue that he's a starter. Then you have guys that are going to be way out of the Flyers' price range, like Braden Holpe, Corey Crawford, Anton Dobin, like guys that like they're going to get more money than the Flyers are willing to pay a backup. So there aren't a lot of, in my mind, realistic options out there, which is why I feel like in the end they're going to circle back to Elliott. But there's enough out there that it's at least plausible that they could go another route. Yeah, I, I've thought, like, okay, maybe we can upgrade a little a backup goalie, but really, like, then you're spending money at, the, at a position that's already, you know, spoken for. And I've, I have I went on, you know, a 10-minute rant last show about how – you know, uh, Carter Hart on the ELC is our competitive advantage here. Going out and spending $3 million on a backup doesn't seem to make a ton of sense if, like, okay, well, there goes that advantage. That's half of our cap space remaining. Yeah, Yeah, that's my thing. I don't think that any, I don't know that any of the goalies that the Flyers would want to pay are an upgrade enough that it's worth you know, upsetting the apple cart that is locker room chemistry. Everybody likes Brian Elliott. Who was it? What's his face from the Penguins that they were saying that everyone got super pissed off that he got traded? Uh, um, Haglin, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like Brian Elliott, like, didn't move the needle, I think, for the Flyers last year at all. Like, he didn't make them worse. So why not just sign the guy who's going to take a reasonable contract that you're – small boy goaltender loves that the rest of the locker room loves like it it just doesn't seem worth it to me to shake that up when it doesn't really make that much of a difference and when he was struggling Carter Hart was struggling on the road like you could throw Brian Elliott in and it wasn't a disaster he played well most of the time yeah he was the one goalie that was like okay well we're on the road Let's actually give ourselves a shot at winning this. Yeah, I don't think Elliot's numbers really reflect like the season he had just because he had some absolutely awful games, but for the most part was fine, but those terrible games dragged down his overall numbers cuz he didn't start that many. So it's like uh I think they're a little lower than uh, than they should be, but uh, Elliot's fine if they bring him back cool. I'm 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 cool. Yeah, I just feel like if you were if you were going to splurge for a backup goalie, this past season was the season to do it. Because you're like, yeah. we don't know if Carter Hart's ready to be the 50-game starter. You know, We don't even know if Carter Hart, we hope, but we don't even know if Carter Hart is actually as good as we want him to be. Now you know. Like, now you know Carter Hart's ready to be a starter. You know he's a good goalie, at least, if not a great goalie. So now, I mean, this is when you can or should at least be able to get away with going a little bit of bargain hunting on a backup. Okay, so free, uh, let's take a break. Let's do that. I totally forgot about commercials, and we're like, oh, yeah, perfect. Look at that timing. All right, Crushed so we're going to take a break, and we'll be ba- right back on the other side. Okay, fam, we are back, and as we said before, uh, free agency just around the corner. Uh, lots of Lots of things going on, lots of potential moves. Obviously, the draft coming up next week. But we got to talk about the thing everyone wants to talk about, and it's the sexy move. It's Patrick Laine. Mm-hmm. I, I made a joke at the beginning of the show. I thought someone was telling me the Flyers got him, and I started freaking out. Uh, it, it showed up in 31 Thoughts, and when, when, when Elliot Friedman says it, it's, it, it, becomes the, it becomes canon. Like, okay, Flyers are in on Patrick Laine. Let's see it. Uh, he said it was L.A. and Philly could make it happen. Uh, a couple other teams... 
What's it going to take to get Patrick Line? I think way more than Flyers fans would be willing to part with. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah like it's more than Morgan Frost and a pick, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so my understanding of what Winnipeg wants for Line, which makes all the sense in the world if you look at their roster, is that they want a good, like, in his prime top four defenseman, or they want a no doubt about it top six center. So. To me, like, I've seen a lot of people throwing around, like, Nolan Patrick, obviously. Um, I've, seen pe- <laughs> I've seen people throw around Morgan Frost, obviously. I've seen people throw around Ghost, obviously. I don't think any of those guys work as the centerpiece of a deal because no. Ghost is not a top-four defenseman right now. He could get back to that point in theory, but he's not there now. Nolan Patrick's a massive question mark, and Morgan Frost is a prospect. Like, we're high on him, but he's not a, a lock a lock it in top six center at this point. So, like, to me, I, here's, here's my view of, like, what a, like, this isn't even necessarily going to get the deal done, but this is a we're not hanging up the phone package. If you offer Travis Sanheim, Nolan Patrick, and a first-round pick, that's in the ballpark. Are we willing to do that? No. I feel like Flyers fans in their mind think, and I forget what show I set this on, they think that Patrick Laine is Alex Ovechkin and he's going to come here and he's going to put away 50 goals every season, easy peasy. He had one, what, 40-goal season? Just the one. Um, I'm not saying he's not good and I'm not saying I wouldn't love him on the Flyers, but I think that considering how close we all think this team is, dismantling a large chunk of it to get Patrick Line doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like, last two seasons, and granted, the kids, you know, he, he played he played this year at 21, like, ridiculously young. But, you know, first two years in the league, 36 goals, 44 goals, awesome. Then 30 and 28. Uh, he's given, he's, he is giving you more assists. Like, he had 63 points this year, but if, if we acquired Patrick Line. And he only scored 28 goals. People would freak the fuck out for it. Like, okay, we because we always say everyone wants a goal scorer, but actually everyone only wants Alex Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if he's not putting away 55 to 60, what the fuck's he doing? He's a goal right. scorer. What else does he do for you out there? I like. I I would love to see it. It would be a fun move. I like if it's gonna be two of our. If it's a two for one thing where it's like, okay, yeah, well, we need to take uh, we need to take Konechny and Sanheim. I don't see how getting Line makes us better then. Yeah, like yeah, if like, the Jets okay. were rebuilding, sorry, Charlie. If the Jets were rebuilding and we could, you know, give them a bunch of future maybes and picks, that's one thing. But they want roster players, and I'm not willing to dismantle this current roster like at all. So no, Frost, no, Patrick, not even a little bit. Frost, Patrick, Ghosts, Ghost, and two firsts. Take all of the things that we don't want and give us <laughs> yeah. the thing that we want. That's that, how every hockey yeah. tray should go. That's I'll throw thing. in Friedman and the tall guy. <laughs> that that's what drives me up the wall. It's not that it's not that there's not a justification for trading for Line. Like for example, the the trade that I proposed as like something that might not get the get the phone hook up on you. I think that you could, 
in theory, justify that because you say, yes, Travis Sanheim's awesome, but you do have Cam York and Igor Samula coming on the left side. Yeah, Nolan Patrick has a crazy high upside, but he's a question mark, and you have Morgan Frost. And yeah, giving up a first-round pick sucks, but your prospect pool is deep. So, like, you could justify that. And I don't think it's re- it's ridiculous to advocate for a realistic Patrick Line trade. What I don't love is people throwing out these unrealistic trade proposals. Like, the Flyers are trying to trade Shane Gossesbury. He doesn't have a lot of value. Nolan Patrick, we're hoping he'll be fine, but there's a chance he may never play hockey again. Morgan Frost is a prospect. First-round picks are first-round picks. Like, Travis Konechny, like, his name's been thrown out there, and I, I do think at least that's mildly realistic, except for the fact that that's not what Winnipeg needs. They don't need to trade a winger for another winger. They're already stocked with wingers. They want to trade yeah, like- line A because they want to fill the two gigantic holes on the roster, which Konechny does not fill. Basically, like, Konechny is, like, less productive line A. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, line A with more assists and fewer goals. You're getting, like, it's a net He's zero gain. He's also much smaller line A. It's a net zero gain for both teams. And at least like, Konechny chirps. Yeah, like, I'm totally, I'm totally cool if someone's like, Patrick Line is the missing piece. We got to pay whatever it takes to get him. But acknowledge that, like, you're losing one of Sanheim or Myers. And if you're okay with that, that's fine. Just know that that's what you're probably losing. Charlie, let me throw this at you, all right? This was going to be, at one point, the Flyers' number one D pair, Ghost and Moran. Oh, Lord. <laughs> that, so we're trading Ghost and Moran for Patrick Line? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Exactly. I love I'd it. do that deal. I like that deal. Who says no? <laughs> I'd do that deal. <laughs> So like I, I we've we've basically do we do you think Patrick Liney is going to be a Philadelphia Flyer? No, no, I don't. Absolutely not. Me neither. Not a chance. I, yeah, I, me I, neither. I wouldn't, I, say, I wouldn't say not a chance, but I do, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm sure. I'm sure. Fletcher, well, Chuck, I just did. Not a chance. <laughs> there we go. I just like. I'm sure Fletcher's know- talking to them. Let me put it that way. I'm sure he's discussed the possibility. I just don't think, as Elliot Friedman hinted. Elliot Freeman's line was two teams that could do it, L.A. and Philly. By saying could yeah. do it, he essentially means they have the pieces that if they really wanted Patrick Line, they could get him. And then he says, I'm just not sure they would, which is exactly my read on the situation, which, which is I don't think they will be willing to pay what Winnipeg will want for him. Me neither. <laughs> Dynamite dropping. I wasn't sure if Charlie was done. You're welcome. Uh... So we've basically come to the conclusion that they're going to trade Shane Goss. Uh, let me get to my line A thing. I I don't think line A is what they need. Mm-mm. Like, I know we want a goal scorer. Obviously, they didn't score at all in the elimination game. They need someone who can just create their own shot, put the puck in the fucking net. But, like, I want a center. <laughs> I want the third set. I know, like, yeah, top six winger, that's cool and all, but I would just really prefer to have a guy who's behind Couturier and Hayes who can carry a third line and, like, make us a good deep team that we thought we were. I mean, if you're going to do it, that's it, because otherwise they should just run it back. I know we're going to talk about this later, but, like, that is the biggest lesson from Tampa. You suck a well, little bit in the playoffs. You don't blow it up every time. Uh, you do have to go and get Luke Shen, though. That's the <laughs> that is the ticket. That's the key. <laughs> and Pat, you got to get Pat Maroon. Can we get Pat Maroon? 
Is he available? How do we get him? He's Fucking the key. Patty. Fucking roller hockey playing Patty Maroon to back-to-back cups. Just chubby him. and bearded and messy and, like, get him on my team immediately. He's just living the dream, he, man. He's he just really living is. the dream. He literally, his last, the last two years, basically, I guess he made enough money that he just doesn't care that much about how much he's getting paid anymore. So the first year, he's like, I'm going to sign a cheap deal and go home. And then he wins the cup. And then he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sign with my junior hockey coach. And then what does he do? He wins the cup again. Like, he's just living the dream right now. Actually living the dream. Like, he fucking, he called St. Louis. Like, nobody was calling Patrick Maroon, <laughs> and he called the Blues and was like, I'll come play hockey for you. Like, <laughs> he was, and back-to-back cups, he is going to get paid, like, a million dollars more than he's worth simply because he happened to be on Stanley Cup rosters two years in a row. See, I don't, I don't think he's going to get paid that much because I think he's just going to, like, look around and be like, where do I want to live this year? And then call them up and be <laughs> like, yo, I'll play for 900 k Like, I've always wanted to live in Denver, so Colorado, you want me? <laughs> uh, what, what can the Flyers get for Shane Gostisbehere? I think they're going to get nothing for it's him. A good, like, they're going to get question. picks. I don't agree. I think that the Flyers fans' feelings of Shane Gostisbehere do not actually reflect how the league views Shane Gostisbehere. I don't know what he's going to get because it's not fun for me to predict these things, but I think that Flyers fans are so far down on Shane Gostisbehere and the rest of the league is not. I don't think there's any way you get a roster player for him. I don't like, think no Flyers, way I don't think the Flyers necessarily want a roster player. No. Unless it's like one of those, like, you know reclamation project for reclamation project type trades you know where like you have one guy who doesn't fit somewhere for another guy who doesn't fit somewhere and it's like hey maybe this will work better if we swap those guys like i could see that but kind of to follow up on what steph was saying i i step i i mostly agree with you and that i do believe that the league at large views shane goss as bear much higher than a lot of flyers fans do right now the problem is is that everyone is just so slammed for cap space and budget space right now that like that's what hurts you if this was a normal that's fair if this was a normal year and the flyers decided we're trading shane goss to spare this this is it it's over and everybody had cap space i think the flyers would get back a very good return with everything going on right now you know teams are crunched for cap some teams have cap space but aren't are only going to be allowed to spend a certain amount of money you know, for next year because of the pandemic and the fact the fans won't be in the stands and whatnot, it makes it harder for you to get the return that I think he's probably worth. And that's the struggle. That that's I'm sure why Fletcher hasn't hasn't done anything yet because he's probably just looking for the best possible offer he can find. I'm not so much down on his play. Like, if he were to go out and be on a third pair with Robert Haig next year, fine. whatever, that's fine. Third pair, they'll be okay. It won't be a disaster. Uh, he might turn out to be ghost again cool uh but i just think do people think he's good around the league maybe but just overall value like even if not pandemic like the 4.5 million for a guy that you know the flyers are trying to trade like i don't see him i just don't see it like i don't see the return value being there because of the circumstances like they didn't play him in the playoffs obviously the coach doesn't want to play him why would we give you something for a guy you don't want? Yeah, but see, that's yeah, I think I don't know if that's a. Go ahead, Charlie. 
that's not really how it works. And I understand where you're coming from, Bill. I get it. But what it boils down to is, like, puck-moving defensemen are always going to be valued in this NHL. Shane Gosper is a puck-moving defenseman. Power plays, guys who are good in the power play, even if Ghost hasn't been that great the last couple years, guys with that ability are also going to be valued. Now, I get that you're saying, well, teams are going to lowball the Flyers regardless of the cap situation because the Flyers are showing they don't value Ghost. And there's a degree of truth to that, but... The way that you get past that is by getting multiple teams in a bidding war for a guy. If four, yeah, teams, it only takes one team to really want him, and you yeah, get something. I just yeah, don't. Like, yeah, I don't like know it, if that. But 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 that's what I'm saying is that in a normal environment, I do believe there would be three or four teams with serious interest in Shane Gossespierre. What I worry is that you know out of those four teams who in theory have interest in Ghost, one of those teams is stuck up against the cap. Two of those teams are on an internal budget. And then you're left with only one team who's actually interested and has the money. And then they can say to Fletcher, well, here's a fifth-round pick. Take her to leave it. If you want to clear the cap space, that's the best you're getting. Tough. Are we, are we okay with that? If they get nothing in return, clear the cap space, and then hypothetically use that cap space to like sign a free agent or make another trade, we're cool with just kind of saying... Farewell, Shane. Thank you for your service. I hope it works out for you. I'm cool with that. I mean, it needs to be done I, at this point. It, it, it has to be sucks. done. It does suck that it ended up here, but at this point, like he's he's just got to be off the team for him and us. Like it's not good for him I, to be here anymore. It's not good for the team to have him sitting in the box for four and a half million dollars. Move on, and if it takes you know getting just picks for him, and then you use that money to do something with, that's fine. I definitely don't agree. I, I would need to see what they do with the cap space, but if you have Shane Gossespierre as the sixth defenseman because Justin Braun isn't here anymore, that's fine by me, and then wait until next year and see if there's a better option. I don't want him gone just to get him gone. I don't think that that's in the best interests of this team. I don't it's, trust yeah. that Vino would use him. Who else is he going to use? I don't know. Friedman? Zamula. Zamula. <laughs> Zamula. <laughs> No, that's I have no problem just using him this year if if make him use him on the third pair. I have no problem with I'm wearing a Shane Gosses Bear Team North America shirt right now. <laughs> I own two ghost jerseys. I am a fan of his. I was just about to say, I fucking know wherever he goes is winning a cup within two years. Like that's happening. It, like I'm I, I don't think that the, the situation is untenable. I just think, you know, last year A V thought that Justin Braun was a better choice at defensemen than Shane Goss's parent. And for a lot of the season, he wasn't wrong. But Justin Braun is not going to come back. So I, I don't think that that's yeah. a, a situation that we're necessarily in right now. And we saw that after he had that uh, weird knee surgery during the pandemic pause, that he did look better. I, I'm, I'm not in any rush to get rid of him. If the return is good and it makes the team better, great. But it, it's not a... a black black spot that we need to to move yeah the the point i will make that was a really awkward way of saying what i wanted to no, say no, but hopefully I, the point I, I think step i think your point is is completely reasonable and i do think that there's you know i i don't think we should just accept without question that like it's a good thing if the flyers get nothing for shane gossespierre because shane gossespierre is a good hockey player and if the flyers end up having to trade him for peanuts just to get rid of him regardless of the circumstances it sucks and you know what the flyers should be criticized for that because it sucks mm -hmm. that you let a an asset 
you know, depreciate that much that you get nothing back for a guy who's objectively good. That said, the Flyers, if they were to keep Ghost next year, would be in very tough. Like, they could make it work. They could get under the cap for next season, but it's tight. I mean, they're not going to have any flexibility at all unless they ship out, like, you know, maybe they ship out a Scott Lawton or, like, a Michael Roffle and replace him with a guy making $700,000. Like, that's the only way you, you get yourself out of, like, we have $10,000 worth of cap space going into next season and can barely make call-ups because we kept Shane Gosper. So, like, that is something that I think is going to be a factor in the urgency to get rid of Gosper and clear some of that space, um, at least some of it, potentially all of it. So that can't be totally ignored. And as someone who is a Shane Gosper fan, I honestly think he would benefit from going somewhere else. Like, I think if we're talking about, like, what's the best thing for him, it's probably to go somewhere else where he is higher valued. So in a sense, I kind of want to see a trade happen because I want to see his career succeed and not just continue to be, to be stuck in this death spiral. But, Steph, I agree with you that, like, if the Flyers end up getting jack shit back for him, it sucks. And we should we have every right to be pissed off about that. Oh, yeah, the only reason I want to move him is because... I see holes on this team. I see an underutilized player that we're wasting $4.5 million on. We could use that on another player to fill one of those holes and find a sixth, fifth or sixth defenseman. Like, if they just I mean, use there's, Ghost, there's also JVR. Good, awesome. <laughs> there's also JVR, again, that we could just well, ship off again see, just that's to bring him back like, in another couple years. <laughs> like... JVR makes seven million. That's impossible to move this year without retaining, and he's got three years left. I'm not in a big hurry to retain. I wasn't salary. serious. I wasn't serious. No, I I know. I'm just listen. I would love to free up that seven million, but like that's going to be impossible to do. He's our goal scorer, fam. <laughs> Gotta have one. Who <laughs> was scratched in the playoffs because no one could get anything going. Who among us? it's true how do they have this many laughable problems and yet they're good that's why these problems we can laugh at these problems because they're good otherwise we would be pulling our hair out and wanting to die but everything we would be crying as opposed to laughing yeah Yeah. exactly fam so the draft is next tuesday and wednesday i had no idea until steph and charlie told me before we started recording i was like holy shit um this is the first time in how long we don't have a draft party. I know. I'm so it's sad been, about oh, it. I'm so sad. I'm so bummed about it. And I was, like, trying to think through, well, could we rent out a beer garden and we could all be outside? But there's just no safe way that we can hold a draft party. No, like, I don't need it to be on sucks. CNN that bad. You know, and I really, really, really don't want to catch the Rona. Nope. Like, I already almost died. Kelly and I both almost died I'm all in, set. in recent history. Yeah. It wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fun, and I don't want to relive that type of experience. Yeah, I'm fairly certain I had the Rona, and it was unpleasant. <laughs> like, right at the start, beginning oh, yeah, of the yeah. I don't think you did. No, because you were, you were down in Florida for spring training, right, for the Phillies? Yeah, I was there first week of March yeah. in Clearwater, Florida, oh, at a fucking fucking Phillies game. Like, yes, of course I got it there. Why would I? It would be shocking if I didn't. It's <laughs> a reasonable point. So the Flyers have seven picks, uh, no third-round pick, two in the seventh. Um, I, I said before we started, 
I don't want them to make a single one of these picks. I hope they all get traded and make the team better right now. I'm with you. All in this year, baby. Yeah. I'm with you. We've we've spent a lot of time doing well in the draft. Now it's time that you stock up for now. This is go time. I don't need another Morgan Frost. Nope. All set. You trade these picks, you get somebody that helps you now, and you you do it. It's go time. So I strongly disagree with that point. Well, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> I'm, I'm Who asked you? I mean, anyway. Look, look here's – I'm not saying that I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, to trading away, um, you know, a first-round pick for a really good player. I would be totally fine with that. But one thing that the, um, you know, that, that the, the Tampa Bay Lightning did show me is that – when you're a really good team, which we hope the Flyers will be in the next, you know, one to three seasons, one thing you do really need to continue to be a really good team and fill out your team with quality depth is you need to have guys coming up from the pipeline on entry-level contracts. Like, part the reason why the, uh, you know, why Tampa could afford to take a shot at, um, you know, at Chattenkirk at 1.75, part the reason why they could have Tyler Johnson on their third and fourth line in the playoffs at $5 million. It's because they had Anthony Sorelli on an entry-level contract, who's 23. It's because they had Mikhail Sergachev on an entry-level contract, who's 22. Now, granted, they didn't draft Sergachev. They traded for him, but the point still stands. Yo, how funny is that trade now? Yeah, right, the Duran trade. Incredibly. Very, very funny. But the point I'm making is that you need guys. Like, I think Cernak, Eric Cernak was on on an entry-level as well. You need those guys to fill in the roster, to have upside, to be the next wave. And the Flyers still need they still need to be filling that pipeline. Like, yes, they have a lot of guys, but, man, I would love to have some more lottery tickets to see if maybe they can get the next Eric Chernak, the next Anthony Sorelli in the second or third round. So I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to go full Paul Holmgren fuck draft picks right now. I don't think, I don't think they're there. I don't think they're ever going to be there because you always need to be refilling that pipeline. I agree with you philosophically here, Charlie. I will say, however, after all those Hextall drafts that we, you know, really, we praised him, said, oh, he's so good in the late rounds, and like, yeah, Oscar Limblom in the fifth round, what a pick. You know, Carter Hart, middle of the second round, holy shit. How come we're paying so much for the bottom of our roster, given what we thought all those picks were? That's a great you know, question. Are we are we really paying a lot though? Like who are you who are you talking about? No. Like we're paying like, I, like how come we don't have, How come we don't have those guys on the bottom uh, in the bottom 6? I mean, we do though. We have Nicholas Alvarez, we have Joel Farabee who's probably going to be a bottom sixer. I would think a third liner next year. In my head he's on the second line. Okay. I mean, fair. Okay, but that's not reality. <laughs> he was for much of the season. Yeah, he was on the first fucking line for half the year. That's not out I of mean, the realm. Yeah, guys bounce around, but I guess if you if probably if you looked at his ice time, he probably comes in at maybe like the eighth or ninth most used forward in time on ice per game, especially at five on five. So like you got those guys, and I don't think you really like. Maybe you're paying Scott Lawton a little bit too much to be a fourth liner. The thing is, he wasn't being used. No, like give a the man liner. all the money. He was, He's great. He was being used like a middle sixer. So as a middle sixer, it's a reasonable deal. Are you paying? A little bit too much for right, Michael Raffle, maybe, but he's pretty good. Nope. So, like, who cares? One point six versus one million for a guy we know is good. I'll pay that. You know, if if you bring back Tyler Pitlick for one point five, that's fine. You know, he's good. And the Flyers have other guys coming. Like, you know, you have Michael Raffle on one more year. If if Tanner Lazinski proves he's legit, if 
German Rubsoff takes a step forward next year, if uh, Linus Sandin proves he's legit, if Morgan Frost proves he's a second, is a, a third line center, you know, then you let him go. You say thanks for for the years, Mike. You're a great dude, but we have cheaper guys. Like this is it, it's kind of a process here, and when you're replacing guys that you know are good veteran fourth liners and third liners with younger, cheaper guys. If you want to make sure that your bottom six isn't awful while you're waiting for those younger, cheaper guys to truly prove they're ready. Yeah, just like I feel like think of the the acquisitions the Flyers made this year. Yes, they made they got Niskanen and Braun. Those were necessary veteran pieces on a very young blue line. Um, but Pitlick, and then in the season, Grant and the other dude we hate, uh, Nate, Thompson. Thompson. Nate Thompson. Like well, you yeah, had to I mean, go out and guys, get. Yeah. You had to go out and get these three players, and I realize, like, the Hartman-Pitlick uh, thing, I, I understand, but still, like, you had to go out and acquire third, fourth-line players because, like, the germ isn't ready to go, because Vorobiev isn't ready to go. I just, I feel like we should have more from those drafts. That's all. I just think they're coming. Um, okay. And I, and I think that... You know, yeah, some guys aren't going to pan out. It sucks that Mikhail Vorobiev, it looks like he's a bust and is now back in Russia with no real interest in coming back anytime soon. It sucks. It's not great. But, like, it happens. I, I'm, I'm high on some of the guys coming. Some of the guys aren't going to pan out. You know, whether it's Tanner Lazinski who doesn't work out, whether it's Connor Bunneman who never establishes himself as a fourth liner in the NHL long term. Like, some of these guys probably aren't going to work, but I think enough of them are that you're going to be able to do it. It's just that... In the here and now, you want some veterans that are actually good, and you don't have to worry about whether they're they're good or bad. Now, granted, and yes, pun was intended. Grant and Thompson just weren't good. So, like, yeah. Grant at least I think there was a possibility he was going to be good. It just didn't work out in the playoffs at all. So that's very true. But the 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 solution there is like just don't trade for bad players at the deadline. Like trade for better ones. Love that idea. <laughs> It's a great idea. But when you're up against the cap, you only have so many options. And I do, like, you know, I I don't think they're in cap hell because they have a bunch of good players, and it's kind of a temporary thing with Niskin in and other guys coming off the books in the future that you named. But I I, I don't know. I'm just frustrated that we don't have that young. Those I do believe they're coming, like you said, and if Frost and Patrick work out, it doesn't fucking matter regardless. But... I just feel like we should have more. But so with the draft coming up, uh, Charlie, you asked. I, I really like this question, and they, you said they didn't bite. But you asked, uh, you asked if the organization, the depth they have, would allow them to take a bigger swing on a guy. What did you mean by that? Well, I just think the Flyers, generally speaking, on draft day, they really like those those two way guys who are, you know, maybe don't have superstar potential, but are probably going to be at least NHLers, especially when we're talking, like, first-round picks. You know, guys like Rubsoff, uh, guys like Lawton, guys like Farabee. Like, guys that, yeah, you know, if, if they hit, they could be a second-line or even a first-line player, but they're not going to be a star. And I think the Flyers tend to avoid, historically, tend to avoid guys who, you know, we've talked about it a lot. They don't take snipers. They tend to not take guys who are, like, the fastest kid in a draft class. They don't take guys who are, like, super flashy with the puck but aren't that great defensively. Like, the guys who you you squint a little bit and they could be a star. 
they tend not to take those guys because I think they think they tend to be riskier. You know, if, if, if Kiefer Bellows, all he can do is shoot, he's not an NHL player. You know, if the really fast guy can't do anything except be really fast, then he's not an NHLer. If the guy who's bad at defense never learns how to be at least passable at defense, then he's not an NHLer. I think, in my mind, this is around the time where maybe you take a swing at a guy like that because if he busts, you, you have enough pieces that it's not the end of the world. But if he hits then maybe you have the Claude Giroux replacement that we're not sure they have. Love it. I wish that that they would – I always want them to take big swings in the draft because it's all a lottery anyway unless you're picking in the top, like, five. So why not? I feel like that's what Tampa does. Charlie, do you see that potential? Can Giroux you replace- ask questions to somebody other than Charlie for, like, a minute? Yeah. I ask questions to everybody. No, you've been asking directly to Charlie for the past four questions. Well, uh, this, if we want to interview Charlie, we can. For the draft talk, I'm asking Charlie a question, and then everyone else can chime in. Steph, what are your thoughts? I haven't paid a single bit of attention to the draft because I don't give a shit this year. I'm just saying. So you want Kelly me to ask you that talk. so you can say that? I will tell you that the SB Nation NHL sites have all come together to do a mock draft, and those posts are going up starting today. They've all paid a lot more attention than I have. Uh, SB Nation site Broad Street Hockey is doing our own community draft, and they've all done a really great job with write-ups. I don't give a shit about the draft because I don't care if they pick or don't pick at all. Does anyone believe that the potential Giroux replacement is there at 23. Like, is there a guy anyone has seen or heard of that's like, oh, they should take a swing on him? I mean, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say because if yeah, anybody I... if anybody knew that Claude Giroux was going to be Claude Giroux, he wouldn't have lasted to where the Flyers picked. So, I mean, there are guys that, in my mind, you know, are interesting in the sense that, like, if they hit – they could be first liners. I mean, you've got like one guy who's been mentioned a lot by the the Swedish people who follow the Flyers, Noel Gundler, who's like a sniper type winger who's got upside but has questions about his his compete level, his defensive acumen, you know, his willingness to deal with contact. But like, there's an upside guy. I mean, you got guys like Jacob Perot who has the potential to be a goal scorer. He's not the maybe not the greatest skater in the world, but He's an upside guy. Got Hendricks LaPerriere, who's, like, been hurt, but he's an upside guy. He could be a top-line center if it all hits. I mean, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys who, um, you know, who, you know, Maverick Bork, who scored a ton of points, I think, in the queue this year. Like, there are guys with upside who are maybe are a little bit risky, but also are exciting because if they hit, they could be, they could be really cool players. And I just – there are players in this draft – I think the Flyers are going to get a good player if they stay at 23 or even if they move down and take a guy at, like, 26 or 27. But I just worry that – I get where they come from because it's like, well, we want to be a two-way team, and, you know, the high-character, high-floor guys tend to be the ones who become useful NHLers, and you build a – you know, you build a an identity that way. But, like, man, I would love some flash, man. I would love the Flyers to get a flashy player for once. I, too, would like that. Who who would you say is flashy? I want this Noel Goonler guy just based on his name. Goonler? I love a Goonler. That's really, me, but really Maverick Bork. Really, Maverick really Bork for me. Game. 
Maverick Bork. I mean, yeah, that's Excellent as hockey name. as it gets. Maverick Bork. Bork is a movie hockey player's Seriously, name. Seriously, it's so good. One of the things that I've noticed reading the posts that have been going up on Broad Street Hockey is that it seems like in this draft, from like 15 on, a lot of these guys could go either in the middle, like 13, 14, or they could be there at 23, 24, 25. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Flyers end up with. But I do think that it's a draft in which at 23 they can get a good player for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree, and I think that's sort of what um, what Fletcher and Flair say because they had an availability on Monday, um, obviously over Zoom, uh, to talk about the draft and the the things that they did say. The interesting things they said: number one, it doesn't. I don't think it's likely they're going to trade the first for a roster player. So, like again, this goes back to me not thinking they're going to get Patrick Line. Um, <laughs> they do expect. So basically, the way they have it set up, it sounds like, is they have like a top twenty. You know, the top twenty is like their top tier. And the way they look at it is, at 23, they're pretty sure that, like, they're pretty sure that their top 20 isn't going to be the exact top 20 of the draft. So they're pretty sure that, like, at least five or six of their guys in their top 20 are going to be there at 23 because teams above them are going to take guys that aren't in the Flyers' top 20. So they're pretty confident they're going to get one of their top 20 favorite players. And as a follow-up to that, you know, if if it gets to 23 and they have seven guys in their top 20 that are still on the board, then they would think about trading down, maybe pick up a third-round pick or another second or something, and still get a guy in their top 20. So I, I asked Fletcher kind of like, what's more likely, a trade up or a trade down? And he, without saying it exactly that way, he strongly hinted that a trade down is more likely to, to pick up some extra picks and still get a guy that they view as a top 20 talent. Ugh, I hate a trade down. <laughs> it's not exciting. I really do, too. It's, just not, it's not spicy. Do like, you know what happened at a trade down? The germ. The germ. And you know who they missed because they traded down? Jacob Chikrin. Thank you. I was going to say, you guys know this. Oh. You know this already. Wouldn't they have had to trade up for Chikrin? Listen. Didn't he go a pick before them or something? Don't. He did. It ruins it Steph's narrative. I knew what I you were getting at. <laughs> I, <laughs> you knew, Bill knew. Yes, he went one pick before they did because fucking Detroit took on uh, or gave away um, right. Pavel Datsuk's yeah. contract to Arizona, so that Arizona that would take. It, it was it was a whole it was a whole shit show of a disaster, and the Flyers missed Jacob Chikrin because they traded down to get the jerk. Pavel Datsuk is That's allergic what happened to his in my equipment, head. except in Russia, because the air is different, I think. I, uh, oh, the boy. smog really covers up the allergy to his equipment. Or wait, no, that was that was Hosa, right? That was Hosa, Hosa was yeah. The, yeah, Hosa. that was Hosa. Yeah, no, What was Datsuk's Datsuk, problem? Datsuk is he's just pulled like, up I'm in done? a church cult somewhere. He's in a cult, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Oh, God. I get those um, two confused a lot, like, in my head. That's very strange. Is it? Yeah. I mean, no. They were, they were <laughs> both on that Detroit team. Players. That one Detroit team when Hosa was yeah. going around shopping for a cup. Yeah, and he kept fucking losing until he ran into the Flyers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we do that. It's the yeah, service we, we provide. So well. So well. Excellent segue, because I want to talk a little about the Stanley Cup before we wrap things up here. Uh, I just wanted to get to Tampa real quick. Did you have something, Kelly? No, I just... I. Never. No, it's fine. I was going to say I have to hop off, but I think I should be okay. 
Okay. Uh, oh yeah, it is. It is one fifty. Uh, just how long? Like watching Tampa, like they've had this amazing roster that is seriously underachieved. But that's hockey. It's a game dictated by randomness. Uh, like they were gonna be in a cap crunch at some point anyway, and now with the cap being flat, how long can they keep this fucking thing together? Like it's such a good team. Uh, it would suck to have to break. This is why I hate salary caps. Because you're punished for building a good team. Like, at least in the NBA, you're allowed to keep your own players, and it doesn't really kill you. Like, I would love at least a soft cap, if not, like, hey, keep your team off welfare and fucking everyone's allowed to spend whatever they want. Like, draft well and you're fine. Can, Can Tampa, like, keep this thing together? I don't think so. I think that's why they had to win now. Yeah. Like, they've been win now for, like, two or three seasons because they're going to have to dismantle that roster at some point i don't want to hear about tampa anymore they won their cup oh we're done i forgot i forgot we're done now go away now they're dead (laughs) they're dead (laughs) rip all right like uh (laughs) bill hates all of my answers for the past like 20 minutes bill's like shot no i thought someone else was i think there's some sort of delay here because i keep thinking someone's gonna say something and then it doesn't happen. Like this is like I think our worst connection we've ever had. We're doing our best. We're doing our best. I didn't hardwire in. in. It could be my fault. I didn't use the Ethernet. I'm using Wi-Fi. So this could be on me this time. How far away are the Flyers from being a top five team? Like Tampa, I, I look at them like a super roster. I think Colorado is in the makings of perhaps building one uh, if their goaltending is what it's supposed to be. Uh, but outside of that, like the Bostons, that sort of level team, Vegas, how far away are the Flyers from that? Not that far. Yeah, not that far, right? I, yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I kind of looked at the Flyers going into the playoffs as like a top eight team. Like, you know, in terms of true talent, like maybe they were like somewhere in like the six to eight range. So yeah. It's kind of like right below the top five. Yes. <laughs> so I think they're they're decently close. Like I put in this outline because you have that Tampa's a super team, and my response to that is yes, Tampa's a super team that won how many cups before this season? Zero. Yeah, they they're utterly terrifying. Like all you need to do in this fucking league is be one of the top six or seven teams going into the playoffs, and then cross your fingers you get lucky. And I think the Flyers are right on the cusp of being that on a yearly basis. So then it's just like, all right, keep keep tweaking the roster, keep trying to get better every year, make smart moves, and then hope against hope that things break your way. That's what's going to be the next 10 years of Flyers hockey. Well, I Yay. asked the question, how far away were they, knowing the answer was close, to set up the question, <laughs> what is the path to get there? Like, uh, okay, we, we are on the cusp of being one of those teams how do they get there, especially given the cap constraints of the, you know, fucking COVID world? I mean, first of all, they just need their current players to play as well as they can. Like, step one, don't suck. <laughs> step two, like, a reliable 3C. And I think that's, they're pretty much there. I mean, if the Flyers didn't suck, and, and they were doing it to themselves. Like, they just played like shit for the entirety of the playoffs, even the series that they won. Just don't suck, and all of a sudden now you are one of the top teams. You're not Tampa level. You're not Vegas level. But as Charlie said, you don't need to be that stacked in order to win a Stanley Cup. Listen, I I know you don't need to be that stacked, but I'd rather, like, 
think of myself as one of the teams that's definitely going to be in the Eastern Conference Final. I mean, fair. And if we're not, it's because something went wrong, then, oh, well, hopefully we can get lucky. Like, I'd rather not be that. But the reason Tampa's, Tampa just got, like, lucked into being this good. For the most part. They did a lot of good drafting, but good drafting is sometimes you just get lucky on a lottery ticket. And they happen to get lucky a whole bunch of times. At a certain point, it's not luck. Maybe. Well. Ask Robert Haig. I mean, there there are some... (laughs) I I think with a a draft, like, there's there's definitely a lot of luck involved. At the same time, like, the thing that Tampa realized, which... I don't know why the hell the rest of the league allowed them to be the primary team that realized this. But the thing they realized is that, hey, if a guy's really, really good, but is just kind of small, let's take him anyway. Yes. And you know what? It actually fucking worked. Braden Point's a superstar. Anthony Sorelli is looking like a damn good center. Like, this is what they do. So, like, that's the way you can make it, like, you can kind of push the scales in your favor. But it's still a lot luck. The draft is still a lot luck. A lot of this is luck. That said, Bill, I agree with you that, you know, just because my view is that be one of the top six or seven teams and then cross your fingers, like, that is my view. Just because that's my view, that doesn't mean that I don't think the Flyers shouldn't be striving to be as good as Tampa. They absolutely, every offseason, should be trying to be as on-paper good as a team like Tampa. Now, I'm not saying that means you go out and you sign the biggest free agent every year, but you should have a long-term plan that you want to be the best team on paper in the NHL going into a given season. I'm just saying that, like, I don't think it's necessary to be the best team on paper to win the Cup. First of all, Tampa couldn't win the Cup because of all those small players until they got Maroon and Shen. All right? There we go. So blow that out your ass. There we go. (laughs) Secondly, I wasn't listening because I had to get to that joke. (laughs) And so I wasn't listening to anything else. You gotta have at least okay, one guy that's chubby but effective. That's, a, another point I'll make is that Kelly, that last bit of analysis about the Flyers just have to play good. That was mm-hmm. like probably the best bit of analysis on this entire show. So thank you. Step one. Step don't one. Don't stop. Stop. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Like I started crying. Awesome. You're gonna hear me laughing like in the background of all of the rest of the commentary because I could not stop. All right, that's the everybody. Title of the and show, we will... by the way. Oh, okay. Steph, do you have anything else? Like that's the title of the sh- that's the title of the show. Check out the mock draft that we're doing across the league, um, and the community draft that we're doing on BSH. All right, that is all the time we have for you. We got to get Kelly out of here. She's already late. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, that's it. Have a great week, everybody.